podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Green Bay comic Kristen Lighty. And with us today, we have Green Bay's own, also, Claire Dactyl. Hey, Claire. Hey, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so happy you're here with me today. I'm excited. I know. Uh, Claire, why don't you tell the people who you are, a little bit about what you do? um, I'm Claire Dactyl. I throw these underwear parties in Milwaukee that are uh, very inclusive and body positive. Um, I am a queer fat woman and so I never really saw a lot of space that was meant for me and Mm. especially like even just going out to bars and clubs and whatever it's like I am not the target demographic and so I decided that if that space didn't exist for me I was going to create it for myself and so it seems like a lot of other people kind of also were craving that space and it's kind of blown up over the last five years. I appreciate people like you that are out there making these spaces happen. I think that's so important, especially in Green Bay. We both find ourselves back in Green Bay right now. Yeah, it's pretty weird after being in Milwaukee and Chicago for so long. Yeah, you know what I found? Men in Chicago like butts. (laughs) (laughs) Men here just don't really like me at all. (laughs) Same. Like, I don't go out to bars a lot because I don't drink at all, but uh, when I do go out, I just feel them, like, scan over me. Like, oh, same. I'm just, like, invisible. <laughs> it's like that Terminator eye for fuckable, fuckable, fuckable. No, yeah. no, no. Everyone here just reads me as, like, straight up gay. <laughs> that is wonderful, though. You have a cloaking mechanism. Yeah. To ward off the dudes that are not great to talk to. you. <laughs> So yeah, we're both in Green Bay, we love it, we're doing great, we're doing good things. Um, In the future, Claire and I, and Holly, who was on the last podcast, Holly Trasty, we are starting a collective to book comedy and also music that is representative of artists who are not always featured, you know, in the prominent mainstream, you know, like women, people of color, queer community, all those artists, so... Yeah, we're going to have a meeting this week <laughs> And then we'll have a name. But I'm really excited about this, and I feel like you are such a fabulous person to partner with because you have that experience creating that community and that scene in Milwaukee. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, too. I think it's something that Green Bay really needs right now, mm-hmm. more than ever, is that space yeah. for people who normally don't get the space. Especially for younger people, because I was thinking... But growing up here, you know, we had the concert cafe, and now, if you're in high school, like, what do you have? Yeah, there's nowhere to go, nothing to do, and I feel like I don't see many, you know, women and people of color even at our bar shows, like, even Mm -hmm. people who are of age to go to bars, so I'm hoping that maybe we can draw more of them out by creating a space that they can relate to a little bit better. I agree. I'm excited to work with you. Excited to work with you. (laughs) Sweet. So, uh... I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast talk about horror movies. What's your relationship with horror movies overall? How do you feel about them? <laughs> um, I always tell people that I'm like literally the biggest baby. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm really just kind of picky about what horror I like. I really like like sci-fi horror, like mm-hmm. Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like you know Jurassic Park and like Jaws and sort of that like suspenseful thriller horror and uh i also really like teen slashers oh yeah Um, and i like some zombie stuff Mm -hmm. so which is interesting i'm the reverse i like all zombie and some teen slasher Yeah. yeah i love just like any like 
super cheesy 90s teen movie and the slashers at that time were just like so good oh yeah plus that was like our coming of age era absolutely it's like like jennifer love hewitt was in everything and (laughs) And what i loved about horror movies because it was pre-internet you know for the most part and it was like that little splash that little taste of sex that you got definitely that was kind of when they really like came together like sex and horror was like this this like big thing in the nineties. Yes, and my little teenage brain was just like, yeah. You know, it was so much stimulation. <laughs> <laughs> and I have weird kinks that are hard to unpack. <laughs> um, what's the first horror movie you remember seeing? Okay, so I can't remember. It was either Children of the Corn or Ooh. Cujo. Oh, both great. Yeah, my best friend growing up was like really into horror movies, and she liked everything, and I begrudgingly watched a lot of them with her and they totally fucked me up for a long time and I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like horror movies for a very long time um, but Alien was kind of the first one that I realized like oh maybe I actually do like this ah, for us to talk about today Claire chose Alien and that is of course from 1979 in deep space the crew of the commercial starship Nostromo is awakened from their cryo sleep capsules halfway through their journey home to investigate a distress call from an alien vessel the terror begins when the crew encounters a nest of eggs inside the alien ship an organism from inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself to one of the crew causing him to fall into a coma and then more terror ensues um, what made you pick Alien? So the first time I saw Alien, I was 16. I was in a media study class in high school. And uh, our teacher made us watch it so we can learn about like analyzing film. Oh. And uh, I had never seen a horror movie before that made me really think that horror movies had cinematic value. Oh. I always was like, oh, they're like cheesy and corny and gross and whatever. Um, but, like, watching Alien for the first time, I was just like, wow, like, the sound is well thought out, every shot is well thought out. I was like, this is fine cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, it's crazy and scary and whatever, but, I mean, this is a conversation we're still having today, even, like, with, you know, Jordan Peele's nominations for Get Out, how okay. they didn't know how to categorize them. It's like, so people still don't think that horror can be good cinema when mm-hmm. it's proven time and time again that it really can yeah, like, I really wanted to see Hereditary when that came out, and mm-hmm. a friend was like, it got bad reviews. I'm like, every horror movie gets bad reviews. It doesn't matter. Because yeah. critics hate it yeah. as a genre. People, critics and, like, people just don't get it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they can just be as valuable and have as much merit as any other type of film. I agree. And I think it's about, like, horror as a genre is about delving into uncomfortable issues, which, like, thrillers get applauded for because they don't cross that line of actually showing violence, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's some Pollyanna bullshit in our society. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's pretty weird. (laughs) Yeah. So you saw it first when you were 16. I imagine, like, being 16, sitting in high school, watching Ripley kick ass must have felt pretty good, too. Yeah, I had never seen, like, a female lead like her before. Mm -hmm. And I think basically anything. So I was like amazed at how much it like flipped the script of how horror movies usually go where it's like the women are helpless and Mm -hmm. you know the men are the heroes and you know maybe they'll save the one woman that's their love interest but other than that like the women aren't really the ones that are kicking ass and winning the fight exactly that's why i love your next so much have you seen that one i haven't oh yeah i won't ruin it but it's (laughs) so good i love it 
I really love the character of Ripley for so many reasons. Um, Sigourney Weaver, as always, is fantastic. She's amazing. Yes. But, like, what really stood out to me about her in this film is that idea that she is always the one that is not following orders. And she's always the one that's suggesting, like, hey, guys, maybe this isn't safe. Oh yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. She's always trying to follow protocol and be like, this is what we're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to quarantine Kane Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not just bring him back on the ship. And everyone's like, no, we have to save his life. And they're all thinking emotionally when she's thinking rationally. Yes. And I just, uh, personally, I have like had that experience so many times, like with working different campaigns where it's like, like there was this one organizer I was working with and the people she was transporting kind of sort of robbed her like she didn't realize it was happening but they took a bunch of money out of her purse Uh and then our director was like well you got to keep working with these people and it's like no they put her in danger god knows what else they would have done to her you know and it's just like i've had so many instances like that especially as a woman where i don't feel heard yeah i i worked in kitchens for a really long time for like 10 years and I was often the only female member of our staff in the mm-hmm. kitchen, um, if not one of maybe one or two. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I saw that all the time. It's just such a male-dominated field where it's like I would say something that was correct and a man, sometimes who didn't even have more authority than me, would say something else and mm-hmm. everyone would listen to him over me. And then they would find out that I was right. And <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. it's like, I'm not always right, but... You know, sometimes I do know what I'm talking about, and it didn't always feel like people were listening to me. Yeah, I have a friend who is a TA, and uh, she said that normally people will wait for the male teaching assistant. And, like, she and the other female teaching assistant just kind of were like, yeah, we know stuff, too. Yeah, that happens to Holly and I all the time at the record store, too. Men come in, and they, they will sit there and wait for our male boss to be done talking to someone else. To ask him a question that I literally had just answered for them, but they didn't like my answer. Uh, it happens all the time. Where people are like, oh, you girls must be new. Or, like, you're both so young. Or, like, I'm going to be 30 in a couple months, and Holly's already in her 30s. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, we're not, like, children. <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually, I feel like I've been there for those instances, too, sometimes. Yeah, it, I like hanging out. It'll happen, store. like, five, ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I meet a lot of young women coming into comedy, and they'll point out these things, and, like, they'll be like, male comics are terrible, and it's like, well, that's just, comedy's kind of a microcosm of the whole world, you know, and I just feel like I'm Captain Killjoy in that moment. (laughs) Like, it's everywhere. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, The movie, yeah. But yeah, what I love so much about this film is the fact that they're kind of like independent contractors because originally, like, when I was younger, I thought that they were like, uh, you know, like some sort of government agency, like NASA or something. Yeah. But no, they're like working as independent contractors. They're put on this mission and like ultimately they kind of find out that they're just pawns. Absolutely. And I think the scene that represents that best is when Ash, you find out Ash is actually not even a human. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. I know! It's Ian Holm is such a 
fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Like, the way you just see the humanity, like, leave his face mm-hmm. in that reveal is just, like, crazy. And it's such a good metaphor for, like, you know, dealing with management of huge corporations, because, like, he says, um, you have my sympathies, as he's, like, melting, and, like, everyone knows on that ship that they're going to die. Uh, or, you know, not that they're going to die, necessarily, but that their lives are not of importance to this company. Yeah, it's like they're... Secondary. They're, <laughs> it takes away such a huge glimmer of hope mm-hmm. in that moment where they're already feeling pretty hopeless, and I think yes. that's the moment where everyone starts to really crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I've seen that so many times with managers who know they're doing something shitty, and they're just like, well, this is what upper management wants, so... And it's like, ugh, people that can just do that, I don't know. I don't know how they turn off their humanity to do their jobs. Yeah, I definitely can't do it. And I think <laughs> that Ash is such a major contrast to Ripley, who we repeatedly see the humanity of throughout uh-huh. the entire movie. One thing we were talking about a bit before we started recording is also how well that this movie lays out how people respond to conflict. And uh, you really saw, you know, Ash, originally before we knew he was a robot, he went silent, which I see a lot, and that's how people deal with conflict, is they kind of, like, withdraw and, like, pretend it's not happening. Yeah, everything about Ash is, like, cold clinical, like, very scientific, and, like, before you get the reveal, you think that's just sort of, like, what kind of a guy he is. Yeah. But then, like, re-watching the movie, knowing that is, like, a completely different experience. Yes. watch him and be like, oh, he's been performing humanity this whole time. Because <laughs> you'll see him talk to somebody, and as soon as he turns around, it just, like, drains from his face. Oh. And it's, like, his demeanor changes completely as soon as no one's looking. Man. Yeah. It's wild. That <laughs> is. I didn't even think about that. That's huge. Yeah, it's like so subtle, which like just proves what a genius he is. <laughs> Performing humanity. <laughs> I actually know a lot of people like that. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can honestly relate to that sometimes. Like. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Lambert, you know, like, I feel like her response to the conflict is like, hysterics and like panic yeah so I actually I read something online where she was actually saying that when they told her about her character they said that she represents the audience's reactions oh Um, but I also think she represents the classic woman in horror which is just hysterics panic all of her lines are just like yelling and just being like (laughs) don't do that like stop what are you doing it's coming like (laughs) panic (laughs) <laughs> and it's like so traditional as opposed to Ripley yeah it's not. that's why I thought it was so um, awesome that they had Ripley as a female character and then that they kind of like portrayed them side by side like that definitely there's a lot of contrast in this movie mm-hmm. between the different characters mm-hmm. um, like a lot I also think that Parker is mm-hmm. kind of a direct foil to Ash. Oh. Because when Ash is like going complete android, you already know and everything, it's like Parker is like losing it. Mm-hmm. And he's acting irrationally and angry. And he's actually kind of proving the point of the things that Ash is saying. Like that line that Ash has where he's describing the alien and he's like talking about how it's like the perfect weapon and how it like lacks the things that make humans not as good in war. Mm-hmm. And 
He says it's a survivor unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. And as he's giving this whole speech, it's like Parker's just like losing his mind. (laughs) 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 And like acting violently and, you know, kind of proving Ash's point in a way. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Ripley does the opposite. And she sort of is like, you know, she doesn't lack humanity, but in ways that actually benefits her because it proves that like humans kind of have that will to survive and that instinct to survive even when it seems like all hope is lost even when ash is sitting there telling her like there's no way any of you are going to make it out of this alive Uh and like smiling about it to himself Uh (laughs) it's like she's ready to prove him wrong and you know it's her humanity that helps her win in the end Mm. let's talk about jones (laughs) All right. <laughs> you had a lot of really great thoughts on Jones. And, like, for me, I have two orange cats, so whenever I saw Jones, I was just like, ah, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and I would hope that I, if I was, like, forced with the situation of, like, possibly dying alone in space, that I would have my cat. <laughs> I would feel a lot better. I think Jones is a really good character, um, and I like to think of him as a character. Yeah, <laughs> Because he represents a different side of the survival instinct. It's like, you know, the alien chooses to reproduce in these, like, very violent ways. um, And that's just, like, how it's biologically set up. And um, that's its survival instinct. It's trying to continue on life. Um, But humanity, you know, is full of, like, emotion. And, you know, we... There's human error (laughs) in our survival instinct. And... um, but Jones, you see his survival instinct, which is like somewhere in the middle. It's like he's not gonna stick around and like try to save anybody else. Obviously, like he's gonna run off and save himself. Um, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, he still isn't like as cold as the alien is. Mm-hmm. You know, you still see him snuggling with the crew members in the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know he trusts Ripley when she saves him. And so it's like kind of the in-between between those two polar opposites that we see so much throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I also think Jones exists just for simple horror movie purposes <laughs> <laughs> of luring Brett, Harry Dean Stanton, away from the rest of the group when he's trying to catch him and then he gets caught himself and oh, taken yes. up into the air duct. Oh, which is it's such a classic horror movie move it's like I'll be right back don't separate from the group yeah Alien is really just like a slasher set in space it in is. a lot of ways with a lot of smoking yeah a lot <laughs> I'm just like how is everyone smoking in space <laughs> yeah there were so many like little things I mean and, and granted we've made like a lot of technological advances since the 70s but like the smoking in space and the computers they were using and um, you know just even like procedurally like when um, Brett finds the molted skin of the alien on the ground and just like picks it up with his hand oh yeah who was this <laughs> ah. um, it's like oh science <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and also like when they <laughs> when the alien originally attacked and they had it and they're trying to pry it off the, his face, mm-hmm. and they cut it, and it leaked that acidic goo. Oh yeah! And then they like ran down, 
through the different levels and found it. And then he's like, give me your pen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then after it, he's like, here's your pen back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if it ate through, like, steel beams, like, it's going to eat through your pen. But also, like, I've been in that situation so many times where someone borrows your pen and does something fucking gross with it. In the ear, or in their mouth, and then they're like, "Here you go." It's like you, yeah. You get it back. It's just covered in bite marks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious, what themes jumped out at you? Like for me, I was like, you know, totally had my union organizer hat on, and was like, "This is an evil corporation crushing people," and Ripley's the only one that can save them because she's organizing. And um, <laughs> what else did you see in it, though? Um. So a lot of what I saw was the very heavy-handed sexual imagery mm. for this movie. It's, <laughs> what do you mean? It is super rapey, <laughs> um, which is, it can be a lot. But um, mm-hmm. it it's interesting because a lot of what makes it scary is that it's super rapey, but most of the most graphic rapey stuff is towards male victims, mm-hmm. which is not something that you would frequently see. Yeah. Um, and... Especially with Kane, who ends up with the monster on his face at the beginning. He's the first victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I, It's crazy. Like, when he's going down into that cavern, and he, like, cuts through some, like, thick mist. He's, like, the mist, like, breaks when you disturb it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that feels like very, like, heavy-handed, like, hymen symbolism. Oh. And then he gets to those eggs, and it's like they have the tops that just look like straight-up vulvas. Oh, my gosh. And he's, like, you know, still messing with them, and it's, like, a whole, like, metaphor for men just taking what they want without mm-hmm. any regard for, like, what they're really doing. It's, like, conquest, conquer it. Like, he's a literal explorer, like, mm-hmm. conquering this thing that has very heavy-handed like female imagery <laughs> god i didn't even i didn't even notice that it just went right over there's my head. so much of that throughout yeah. the entire movie like every time i watch it i notice new things like there are like keys on one of the keyboards at one point when they're at a computer and it's like uh there's one that says like yanni and <laughs> like it's like oh wow just <laughs> uh-huh. I know, so many references to like eggs and all that there's a lot of dicks a lot I, yeah. of dicks <laughs> I, I did find it like kind of, uh it stood out to me that he was just gonna go fuck with all these eggs and like didn't even have a second thought about it and in in my mind that also stood out as a metaphor for like colonialism you know like Absolutely. we're just gonna go do whatever we want fuck these people we don't know who they are yeah it's entitlement yes yes it's you know though <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're like eggs, but, you know, if they could consent, they probably wouldn't consent to this dude just, like, poking around in them and, mm-hmm. you know, disturbing their environment. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's total male entitlement, and that's what it, his whole thing is being a metaphor for that. Mm-hmm. Him and Dallas both, the um, captain, mm. uh, they're both just, like, super normal guys, just, like, doing their job. Um you know, they don't really have a lot of other defining characteristics, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I think makes it scarier to, like, the average male viewer watching because they're like, that could be me. That's mm-hmm. just a normal guy like I am. Um, Space dad. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and one of the things I like a lot about Alien is the use of quiet mm. throughout the movie. 
um, and how they build up suspense. There's like a very limited score. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of just like small sound effects, like the sounds of a ship, but a lot of just like silence and heavy breathing otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's two points where they don't use that to be scary. And one of those moments is with Kane where, you know, they get the thing off his face and they think he's okay. He's having dinner with the whole crew and it's like a beautiful moment. And all of a sudden he starts to seem like he's going to barf and that thing bursts out of his chest. It's like literally like a penis bursting out of his chest in the middle of dinner. <laughs> Such a nice party too. And I, I think that is kind of a metaphor for how like women can never really let their guard down. Oh. It's like exactly when you think that you're safe, mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. It's a trick. It's a trap. <laughs> you always have to be ready. Oh, yeah. And I find just like, you know, being in, in the dating world as well with men, I feel like they lure you in and like they'll say things about like, oh, we'll do this or we'll go there next year. And it's like, we just met. Yeah. You're planning trips for next year. And it's like, Guard off all yeah. the time. Women well, always have to have their guard up because you never know like who is going to be the one to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a feeling that men can't necessarily relate to as much. And so I think that that is unsettling to see happen to a man yes. in this film. Yes. But I, I also think it's mirrored at the end when Ripley is in the shuttle and she thinks that she's free of the alien. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it almost feels like because because Jones is there and she's a little like. Uh, you know, close to naked, it feels like... She's relaxing, yeah, like, like finally, she's like, oh, this is, the whole nightmare is over, mm-hmm. and surprise, it's not, <laughs> yeah. and I think those are, like, the two moments that stand out to me, and I think they mirror one another. Mm-hmm. They really do. I love the table scene. I actually, in my stand-up, I have a bit about, like, I got divorced because I didn't want to have children, mm-hmm. and then I just get quiet for a second, and I'm like, I've seen the movie Alien. <laughs> and then I like rub my hand over my body, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> you know, I noticed something on this watch through that I had never noticed any time before that I've watched it, um, and that is when they're trying to determine what to do. Parker's like freaking out, <laughs> as he does. Um, Big strong man. <laughs> yeah, and and they're talking about it, and all of a sudden he's like. Well, the, the monster is, like, big. It's big like a man. Mm-hmm. And then Ash whispers under his breath, Cain's son. Mm-hmm. And I, like, never noticed it before. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, he, like, actually literally thinks of this thing as, like, Cain's child. Wow. <laughs> like, which is really messed up. And it's, like, right after Cain is dead. And I don't know, it just, like, it, it's a hint as, like, how cold he is. When that's like the first thing that pops into his wow. head. Wow, like, oh, I didn't hear Cain. that. It also seems like kind of biblical too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's a lot of like references to like motherhood and reproduction mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing. It's like, you know, the, this movie's like all about contrast. You know, it's like the contrast of that to sexual violence, which is like what this movie is just full of. It's <laughs> both of those things, and you know they. They show the ship with the computer named Mother, mm-hmm. and Mother, like, you know, takes care of them, and they show them in, like, those, like, egg sleeping things that are, like, wombs almost, and it's, like, all of that. So if Mother is their mother, and that alien is, like, the son of Cain, like, in the biblical references, that would make Mother, like, Eve. 
Oh, wow. I just thought that was interesting. I went to Catholic school, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. A lot of the later (laughs) Alien movies have a lot more, like, heavy-handed religious references, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that might be kind of the start of it. Mm. It's like... That's a good point. Adam and Eve and Mother and Cain. I don't know. Mm. Heavy, man. Yeah, there's... There's just still like a lot of things in this movie that allude to other things. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it's impressive that they were able to do that because like the actual shooting space is on this ship, which, which could feel so confined and claustrophobic yeah. almost, but it doesn't. It never feels like that. I will say, I like love when a sitcom does like a bottle episode and they put everyone together in an enclosed space mm-hmm. and then like chaos ensues. Uh-huh. So I think Alien has a lot of aspects of that. Oh, you're right. And I it. love those episodes, too, just because it always forces people to um, resolve conflict. Yeah, it forces the <laughs> plot forward very quickly. That's what I love. Yeah. yeah. That's actually why I love horror movies, because mm-hmm. it's like, if you don't work together, you're probably going to die. So. <laughs> Form a team. So are there any other themes that jumped out at you? I love Claire has color-coded notes. It's so, amazing. So many notes. I love it. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, like, kind of man versus machine mm-hmm. arguments in here. I mean, especially once you know about Ash. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, as you said, it's like everybody in this movie, the entire crew, it's like everybody kind of represents, like, different reactions to stress mm-hmm. and problems. And uh, so we see that in contrast with Ash and the alien and um i like that ash is both like a literal and kind of figurative machine Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just actually now i'm jumping back to like the imagery of sexual assault specifically with the alien itself and um like more towards the end scene with lambert and parker Mm -hmm. like yeah, it's it's that like very blatant. It yeah, it doesn't really make you have to like think about it. It's, no, <laughs> it's pretty obvious what they're trying to play at there. Yeah, um, and I think it's terrifying that you just see that like creeping up her leg in between her legs, and all of a sudden just cuts away, and you just hear her screams, and you like you know what's happening. Yeah, scary. but I think that um, the way that they had her just freeze and not be able to move, it's mm-hmm. like. That is what happens to so many women when they're getting sexually assaulted. It's like you people are like, oh, why didn't you just run or why didn't you say no? And it's like you freeze in that moment because mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. You don't know if running or saying no is going to mean that you're going to get even more hurt yeah. than you maybe otherwise would if you just stay there and wait for it to be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and feel I, like you see a lot of that in Lambert in that scene. That's so... Man, that's spot on. And then you see Parker getting mad mm-hmm. and trying to go after it. And I, to me, his character read a lot as like, you know, when you are a woman who's been like assaulted or had any sort of violence done against you, really, and you tell a man about it that's in your life, and his reaction is just like, oh, I'm going to kick his ass or mm-hmm. like, let's get that guy. And it's like, that's a natural reaction. It's human. But it doesn't really accomplish anything. It doesn't yeah. solve the problem. Oh, so I really like that part at the end where um, Ripley is like trying to launch the shuttle off mm-hmm. of the main ship, and 
and she's like talking to mother and mother's already like in the countdown sequence Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of like one last like really like heavy-handed like maternal thing but she starts screaming at the computer and she's just like mother like mother you bitch <laughs> like, and it sounds so much just like a teenage girl just being like mad at her mom I just <laughs> I don't know that part like really made me laugh pretty hard mm-hmm. um, but honestly like my favorite parts are when Ash is like revealed to be an android yeah, yeah. like just that whole scene is just so unsettling mm-hmm. with his head on the table um, that like weird like milky stuff all yeah. the time. There's like so much like weird mucus and stuff in this movie. Yeah. Like that's another one of the really heavy headed sexual things. <laughs> it's like oh like God. everything is just covered in mucus all the time. Everything looks like a dick or a vagina. Everything's covered in mucus. It's slimy. It's gross. Oh, gross. It's yeah. So much sex. Sex like the guy who built all these monsters is like just. He must Harvard. Have Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say my favorite, you know, is like just that iconic imagery of Ripley with that huge like flamethrower. I wrote that in my Hell notes yeah. too. Heard that flamethrower, oh. I was just like, <gasps> I remember like before I even saw the movie when I was really little, I saw that image and I was like, yeah. And there's one other image that sticks out in my mind uh, from when I was younger, and that's Wendy O. Williams from the Plasmatics mm-hmm. with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Like, somehow she was, like, on the Emmys or something when I was six years old, and I saw her, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. I want to be that. I think the scene with Ripley, like, in her underwear, a lot of people, like, don't like that scene very much. I guess it wasn't mm. always necessarily supposed to be in the movie. Oh, they, really? like, wanted to cut it. Um, Interesting. Because they thought it didn't have any real point with the movie. It was just, like... You know, supposed to be like sexy, but um, I really like that scene because I feel like the alien kind of represents like the male gaze. Mm-hmm. It, like it's like literally looking her up and down oh, and like, shit. Yes. you know. But it's in my mind the alien represents like sexual violence, whereas Ripley represents sexual strength, and I think oh. it's a very empowering image. Hell yeah! Of female sexual re- liberation. I fucking love that. She's sexual on her own terms. You Not win. on that monster's terms. You win the whole podcast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's awesome. I really like that analogy. It's cool. Yeah, because like when I saw it when I was little, it did invoke like power and like I was excited. Yeah, I was like, she's such a badass. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she's out there kicking ass and she's literally just in like panties and a tank top. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think my favorite is just, uh, you know, that she went through all that effort to save Jones. I identified there. I love it. I know. Such a good friendship. And at the end of a hard day, you just really want to hug your cat and cry sometimes. I agree. (laughs) Um, Even in space. Yeah. I definitely really relate to once everyone is gone, taking off my pants and just holding my cat. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's me. (laughs) Pants off. I'm curious what your final thoughts are on Alien. Honestly, it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's There's just like so much that I notice every time I watch it. It's like new things pop out at me. And it's like, you know, it is very heavy-handed mm-hmm. in its intentions. But um, I think it's very well done at the same time. And a lot of thought went into literally everything about this movie. Yeah. Honestly, from talking with you, I want to watch it again right now. 
Yeah, I'm like looking forward to like going through and watching the other films in the franchise because some of them I've never even seen, like the yeah. more recent ones. Oh, we should make a date to do that. I agree. Yeah, just like the whole like day of just watching <gasps> alien movies or something. I would love that. So and winter's coming. Yes. So like we have to have plans or well, yeah, get when sad. It's, when we're in like you know twenty hours a day of darkness. <laughs> Come visit beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin, during the three months where we have summer. <laughs> I've been Kristen Lighty and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night.